When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, coming in here to give this bonus episode a little introduction. Today I'll be speaking with someone from my Gratitude Daily community. Her name is Miriam Aslam and she is a phenomenal human being. I've had the privilege of getting to know her briefly over the past six months as we've exchanged our Gratitude Daily emails and learning more about her work her fundraising and her initiatives and commitment to social justice has just been really beautiful. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this little extra episode this week. Here is Miriam. Hi, I'm Alex L. and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Oh my goodness. I'm really excited to speak with you, Miriam. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm feeling quite grateful and joyful to share this space with you. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. And I feel the same. And I'm really excited to dive into our conversation, get to know you a little bit better. But before we do that, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do? For sure. So my name is Miriam. I'm located here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, I guess I'll say by day, I'm a data analyst in a university setting and a part-time doctoral student. And why I mention that is because both areas, professional and academic work, are grounded in equity, diversity, and inclusion work to attempt to bring the marginalized to the center. Um, And so with that, I'm also the founder of Made With Love by Miriam. So any hours in the day that I have, whether day or night, I also engage in fundraising initiatives through creating what I would say a generous reviewer calls artisan treats and desserts. Mm. In this collective, I describe it as desserts that are made with a foundation of love, with a mix of social justice and sprinkles of joy. So that's me. (laughs) I love that. So let's talk about your fundraising initiative, because it was really beautiful when you shared with me that you had, you know, embarked on this journey. And I'd love to know how you got started and what kind of called you to making treats for people? So I've always been engaged in like making desserts. Anytime I have like family gatherings or friend gatherings, it's like, what can Miriam bring? I'll be like, I'll bring desserts. So I've always done like, whether it's creative cupcakes or truffles or different types of bars, you name it, I've explored it. With regards to how this all kind of started was, it was the month of Ramadan, which is the holy month of Ramadan for those that identify as uh, Muslim or with Islam. And um, that was in April. And um, usually, at the beginning of the month I take gift baskets or boxes of treats foods for those that will be observing or engaging the month friends and family friends receive them and this year I decided to do something I've done before which is create my stuffed dates and the dates included um, Iranian dates which are the freshest and my favorite and I usually stuff them with roasted almonds that's how it started 
And a few people um, started putting those up on Instagram in their stories like, hey, Miriam, thanks so much for dropping this off. Can't wait to eat them. And they're symbolic in the faith. That's what we usually break fast with. So as people were sharing it, I was resharing it, thinking nothing of it. And I started receiving all these different messages about where can I purchase these? The presentation is great. Who's doing these? And I had had like these made with love Miriam stickers on them from a stamp that I received many years ago. And so I was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, I can make you some. But it was the graciousness of the people that were reaching out um, that really moved me because they were like, no, we don't want these for free. Like we want this energy exchange. You're putting your efforts into it. And that's kind of how, in a nutshell, it started. People wanted them, started ordering them. And I ended up calling them the stuffed date bouquets with each box, including about 15 stuffed dates. And I kind of upped it by including candied pecans and candied walnuts along with the roasted almonds. And it just, it took off with no intention initially of fundraising. And that's where it got kind of interesting because about three to four days into receiving all these messages and orders for pickup, I started thinking like currently in my life, I feel incredibly blessed to have bread and butter with my job. And I wanted to figure out a way to pay it forward. And that's where I ended up creating the Instagram page, had people reaching out I had never met before. And I decided that I was going to put the costs, the profits, and any additional donations I received towards supporting, at that point, women who are fleeing domestic violence situations and moving into transitional homes. That is absolutely amazing. And I really want to try those dates. You know, have had this conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think what's really beautiful about this is your community service, your community care, right? Mm -hmm. And how you've been able to take this thing that you literally made with love and turn mm -hmm. it into an offering to your community. So I, I want to know what self-care right has taught you about community care and vice versa especially mm -hmm. in this act of making things and showing up in this way where you're able to gift folks nourishment and then have them gift it to people around them right so it's this it's like this cyclical connection can you talk a little bit more about that absolutely it's such a beautiful way uh, to put it the cyclical and, and I look at it as a connection in the sense that, you know, we are reflections of one another. So I may not be living in, uh, you know, an experience that includes domestic violence, but I feel like we're reflecting one another's experiences. We're mirror images. Mm. Um, so we're going through the same things, but in different ways is the way I look at it. So for me, it's been an invitation for myself and for others to be vulnerable and live and speak in our truth, because that's what to me brings individual self-care to the collective or the community care level that you've um, referred to. So it also makes me think about how we show up is everything. So being present in the spaces that we occupy for me is very important as well. So I know that I'm not at my best if I'm only physically present. If my soul and heart are scattered, my self-care is not at its best. I've often heard about and often engaged in a lot of dialogue where we talk about safe spaces. 
but I think it was Brene Brown, if I'm not mistaken, who speaks also about brave spaces. So by taking care of ourselves, I feel like in whatever capacity or form that may be in, it opens the door to comfort with vulnerability and authenticity because the space that we're occupying is both safe and brave. And when this happens on a self-care level, we're also caring for one another. And I think that was what happened for me because creating these dates or now I'm creating truffles, for example, it takes me into a place that I'm feeling really fulfilled and very good internally. And that's allowing me to bring my best foot forward to those. So it creates that connection on a deeper level than I can even put into words, if that makes sense. It does make sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious to know how the fundraiser has impacted you on that almost cellular level, like just hearing you speak about being able to show up in this way. And you just sounded so happy and so pleased and grateful to be doing this type of work. So how has this initiative that has grown abundantly Mm -hmm. and has offered you this space to give back to your community, how has it impacted you on that deeper level in and out of the kitchen? For me, the fact that it's brought together kindred spirits and like-minded souls, that's Mm -hmm. been on a soul level, it's been incredibly moving. And beyond the fundraising aspect of like financially giving back or paying it forward, it's really allowed an expansive network of people with a similar paradigm, so a worldview, Mm -hmm. which for me is that all of our oppressions and marginalizations are connected. So currently uh, the initiative is looking at um, raising money for emergency relief work that's happening on the grounds in Palestine for those that are attempting to rebuild their lives. And so all of this, because I am an academic at heart, my application of the knowledge of, say, intersectionality, and I won't get too academic here, but understanding that all of our identities, whether it's our race, our ethnicity, our faith, our gender, sexual orientation, ability, socioeconomic status, and on and on and on, they're all connected bi-directionally and simultaneously. And whatever the issue is, it's mm. always an us issue versus a them issue. So whether I'm sitting in Toronto in Canada and you're sitting in the US or someone is sitting in Palestine, until we get this free flowing understanding that all of our life experiences and narratives are interconnected and it's never a them issue, it's always an us issue. I feel like we'll continue to live in a chaotic and even fragmented world. Mm -hmm. And why I share that is because for me, that's been what I call like soul work, which is heart work, which is to me kind of the hardest work. And that has been the most impactful way because it's allowed me to bring my worldviews to the forefront while, you know, sharing desserts with others and having a cup of tea and enjoying it, but bringing that forward so that we can start putting the pieces of the puzzle together to understand how oppression and marginalization works. Um, And that's been on a very, very deep rooted level, important for my heart, my soul and my mental health, especially based on how we've been living for the last, goodness, I've lost count 14 to 16 months, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you and I have been in community together. You 
mentioned, so you're on the newsletter and you mentioned, or you asked like, can I send you my gratitude? And I think you mentioned too, like, I'm, I'm sure you'll tell me to stop sending it. And I have yeah. not been tired of reading them. Oh, um, it. And it's really beautiful to connect with souls and people like you who are doing such powerful work in their communities and on themselves. And of course, I can't let this conversation go on without talking about how gratitude and specifically our gratitude daily newsletter that you're a part of, how that has shaped you over the past six months, because you've gone straight through even when I've taken a break. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what that reflection of gratitude and grateful living has shown you about showing up in your work, in your community, in academia, and everything else in between. First of all, I want to say how important your, and I don't want to get emotional, but how important the gratitude newsletter and the opportunity for your your willingness to be open to receiving sometimes what I write you are essays and it's actually been in many ways medicinal for me because it really has forced me to practice the art of the pause Mm -hmm. even when I believe like today's been such a horrible day it's really required me in a good way it required me to step back, to take a deep breath. So engage in some of that breath work that I know that you speak about quite a bit as well in your own personal experiences to really delve through and tease out and finesse like what has been happening in life and how anything can be kind of reframed. Mm -hmm. So that opportunity to use a gratitude practice by writing to you and writing has been very therapeutic. I've been advised to write by many over the years. And I'm always just like, ah, just seems like too much. Um, It seems like another task added to the to-do list for each day, but it's been actually meditative to write to you every day. That's been really incredibly helpful for um, processing and moving through my days um, in a seamless way especially over the last six, six and a half months now that I've been writing to you. It's been wonderful. I love your essays and I read them. I read them all. I may not always respond, but I love that. Like, and even when I respond to you, you may not always respond. It's like, Mm -hmm. we see each other, we hear each other. And we're like holding this space in this gratitude community for self-care, reflection, community care, everything. So I just want to extend, you know, thanks to you for journeying with me during this time and then sharing your gift because that's how I found out about this fundraiser that you're doing and your sweets Mm -hmm. that you're offering and just you being vulnerable enough to step into this work is, is really stunning and brave and just amazing. Just amazing that you answered the call to do this. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you hit it on the head when you say brave, like it has taken quite a bit of courage to do this because I'm always worried about like, oh, I hope it's good enough. I hope, you know, the person who purchases it feels like they got their bang for their buck, you know, and it's, it's allowed me to exercise my creative muscles, but also showing up in a courageous manner and compassion and self-trust for myself as I extend it up to others as well. So as we wrap up, I'd love to ask if you were mentoring your younger self, (laughs) what would you tell her or what would you teach her? I would tell her and definitely figure out a way to teach her to be okay with the uncertainty. Mm. I would teach her to have confidence in the uncertainty in order to continue navigating and that there will be 
even if it's a little slight crack of light, there will be light at the end of the tunnel. As simple as that may sound, I think that's one of the most important things of being comfortable with the uncomfortable is what I would teach her. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.